Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. Mentors. Joshua had one. Moses had one. Peter, James, and John, they had one. Do you have one? In society of old, everyone had a mentor. You were mentored at work, at home, on the farm, and at church. You were mentored at the local drugstore, drugstore counter, feed store. There were the next generation there, the next generation mentors constantly were feeding into the next generation. I mean, it was always, there was always mentoring everywhere. But where have all the mentors gone? Are they just too busy? Or are they ready and waiting? Their answer is, no, they're not too busy. There are millions of men and women out there who would love to mentor you and walk alongside you in life in a mentoring kind of relationship. They just need to be asked. So what are the specifics of a mentoring relationship? What should it look like, and how do you get it started? Well, I'm not an expert, but let's bring in an expert who can help us work through this entire issue. Bill Hendricks from the Giftedness Center. Welcome to I Work For Him. You grew up in the household of, of a dad who was a famous seminary professor. So yeah, lots of pressure cool. lots of pressure on you because, you know, there's a lot of people, if we, t- if we said who your dad was today, they go, holy smokes, really? You know, but a lot of times, you know, that's, that's a lot of pressure on a kid uh, to, uh, to live up to the reputation that dad's putting out there across the nation and around the world. Did you struggle with that? Um, I think I struggled in my 30s, you know, 20s and 30s about my identity. But uh, honestly, uh, you know, people say, what was it like to grow up in the household of Howard Hendricks? To be honest, it was actually (laughs) a quite normal household. We had to deal with the same things every other family deals with, you know. Uh, You know, mom and dad had to put food on the table. We had schoolwork. We had chores. We had to keep the house up. We had a dog. You know, we had lots of fun as a family. We had lots of fights as kids. I mean, it was a pretty normal family. And, uh, and yeah, on top of that, there's a certain, I guess you'd say, celebrityism. Dad was pretty well known in <clears throat> certain evangelical circles. And uh, you, you, I don't know, you just kind of learn to deal with that. But yes, I, I, I had to sort of think through in my 30s and 40s, well, who am I? And who am I apart from my dad? And uh, this is where some mentors became extraordinarily helpful for me because they they dealt with me as me, not me as my dad's son. You know, everybody thinks college is going to help you figure out what to do with your life, and they don't realize colleges have no vested interest in helping you figure that out. <laughs> uh, at any rate, when I graduated, I, I didn't know what to do, and I, uh, I went to work in a church with... Uh, young adults, singles, um, college students. And, uh, and then, like people who don't know what to do with their life, I decided to go back to school. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I got a master's degree in mass communications. And, uh, and then I got another master's degree in biblical studies. And at that point, my wife, because I'd gotten married in the interim, one day said to me, it was about a week after that second graduation, she said, look, I'm tired of putting you through school. You know, I, I want to stay home and have babies. You get you get out there and make some money. 
And uh, in parliamentary terms, we call that calling the question. You've got to make up your mind. Yeah. And I was scared about it. And I didn't know what to do. And uh, somebody introduced me to the process that I now use at the Giftedness Center to help people figure out how God has designed them. And that design has huge implications for their career and calling. And it was transformational in my life. It was if I'd been a it was as if I'd been in a pitch black room, stumbling over furniture, bumping into the wall, falling down, getting hurt, and somebody just reached over and flipped the light switch and suddenly I realized, Oh my gosh, now I get it. Now I understood what God has designed me to do and how to contribute in this world. And that enabled me then to begin to build my career. And it was a career that was different from my dad's. It wasn't like totally different, you know, but it was different enough to where over the next, uh, you know, 30 years, 35 years, I was able to, you know, develop my own identity quite apart from him. Uh, And that was very helpful to our relationship, frankly. And, uh, you know, I love my dad. He's now with the Lord. But uh, it helped me to be able to to realize that there were certain things that God had made me to be able to do that he didn't make my dad to be able to do. And that was a wonderful insight. And, you know, that's that leads into a conversation that we have often here on I Work For Him. And um, so is that the point in your life where you realize that God cared about what your work was going to be as much yes. as that of a pastor or a missionary or a professor Absolutely. at a seminary? Yeah, Martha, uh, early on, one of the benefits, I guess, I picked up from my dad was the idea of, today we would call it whole life discipleship. Mm -hmm. That means Jesus is Lord of all. And if he's Lord of all, that means he's Lord of our work, he's Lord of our play, he's Lord of our home, he's Lord of everything. I mean, all means all. And, uh, And so I think I sort of had an instinctive integration of faith and work really from the start of my career. And of course, my whole career has been involved with the faith and work movement. You, you were talking about how you made that realization and as you realized that God cared as much about your work out there in the marketplace as he did about your dad's work as a seminary professor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I co-authored a book and that came out in January of 1988 uh, with Doug Sherman, and and we had a ministry not dissimilar to I work for him called Career Impact Ministries, and we wrote a book that that became kind of a standard read on on God's perspective on work called Your Work Matters to God, and that title is kind of the the main idea of the book. No matter what your work is, God cares about it because He cares about you, but He mm-hmm. He's put you here on the planet to make a contribution. Um, in Genesis 1, the very first words that God says to human beings have to do with their work. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, rule over it, make the world fruitful. The world on its own is not very fruitful. It just gives us raw resources. But to each and every human being, God has given a means of adding value to the world uh, and its resources that make it fruitful. And we call that your giftedness. And so that's why it's so important that people discover what their giftedness is. Uh, and the giftedness is not, in the, is not in the job. It's in them. It's not an occupational title. Some people are wired to solve problems. Some people are wired to understand things at a very deep level. Some people are wired to influence others' behaviors. Some people are wired to cause learning to take place. There's all kinds of forms of giftedness because we have all kinds of work that needs to be done in the world. Hmm. 
But it's by that means, that giftedness, that God enables each person who's made in his image to, uh, to fulfill a purpose for which he specifically made them and placed them here. That's, that's Ephesians 2.10. You're his, his workmanship, his handiwork. You're made almost like a tool for specific good works which he's prepared before you were ever put on the planet for you. So you referred to the fact that um, you you understood this word or this phrase, whole life discipleship. Yes. But yet you really had this desire to help other people understand it. That's kind of what I'm hearing as a theme, you know, books that you've yeah. written and where are you going. So um, were you mentored in that or how did mentoring really play a role in your life? Oh, my gosh. I have had so many wonderful mentors. I'm a blessed man. In the book, uh, Men of Influence, I talk about one of the first ones was a seventh-grade teacher. Um, I had had a very difficult time in fifth grade with the teacher that I had in fifth grade, and she had her hands full with me because I, I, I had a lot of energy, and, a, and, and I got done with assignments too quickly, and then I you know, was causing trouble. And in those days, they used to send you out in the hall that was the punishment for disrupting the class. And I spent the better part of fifth grade out in the hall. <laughs> and it was a pretty un- unpleasant experience. Yeah. And sixth grade, I kind of limped through. But when I got to seventh grade, a man named Mr. Gibson, he quickly realized that he had a high-octane person on his hands. Somebody had a lot of energy and needed to be directed. And he gave me no end of projects and assignments and roles and it just soaked up all that energy, but it directed it, and it helped me feel a sense of accomplishment. And uh, uh, he, he, it, it really was one of the, the shaping influences, I think, in my young life uh, as I was an adolescent and just coming into, you know, being a man. Um, and a, a critical thing he also did was to, to help my parents sort of realize that, that uh, they might want to think about some educational possibilities for me that they hadn't thought about. And it it was probably one of the forks in the road in my life, that man. Wow. <laughs> Have you ever gone back and thanked him before it was, I mean, he may be gone today, but did you ever yeah. get a chance to go back and thank him? You know, I, I, I didn't. And uh, I have looked him up online and have not been able to locate or even determine whether he's still alive. But, but you, you raise a great point there, Jim. I also, in the book, mentioned if somebody builds into your life, and the way you know somebody has been a mentor is when you look back and you think, you know, if it weren't for so-and-so, I would have never become the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. You may not have known they were having that shaping influence at the time, and frankly, m- maybe na- they didn't either. And that's the nature of mentoring. You don't always know when it's going on. But when you look back and you realize somebody really contributed to me, it is worth tracking them down to say thank you and mm. to express your appreciation. You know, it kind of re- yeah. reminds me of our, our Bible study last night. We had this discussion and we were talking about one guy was like, well, I was teaching fifth grade Sunday school and I'm not sure any of them learned about the, you know, Jonah and the whale as good as I did. And I said, but you have no idea what impact you may have made on them with words you said, a, a touch on the shoulder, um, your consistency, your integrity, your love for them, yep. you know, just that the, the role you needed to fill for them, you were doing it 
it may not have been about the lesson, <laughs> you know, it was, it might've been the, the person that you were to them. And that's really mentoring. That really yeah, I, is mentoring, Martha. Go ahead, Jim. No, I just was the same. I and mean, the same thing. I and mean, I don't, I had a mentor in high school who absolutely transformed my life. And I have m- maintained in, being in touch with him for over 40 mm-hmm. years. And, but I don't remember a single thing he taught me specifically, but I do remember he loved me and unconditionally. And I was to say, hi, Octane, I, you and I probably together would have been nuclear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at IWorkForHim and online IWorkForHim.com.